Two days ago, on Tuesday, India's most famous troubled EdTech giant was in the news again. And like always, it wasn't good. Baidu's chief financial officer, Ajay Goel, quit the EdTech barely just after six months of joining. It had taken Baidu 16 months to find Goel after its previous CFO, P.V. Rao, quit in December 2021. Goel was hired only in April this year and the task cut out for him was pretty intense. He was to help improve the company's financial compliance, which, as most of us know, is exactly what Baiju's has been in a lot of trouble for. So he was to finalize the FY2022 or financial year 2022 accounts and issue the audited accounts as soon as possible. If you're wondering why FY2022 financials in 2023, well, Baiju's has struggled to release its audited accounts on time for three years in a row now. It filed its FY2021 financials after a delay of one and a half years in September last year. Goel anyway had a tough job ahead of him, but his tenure at Baiju's began on quite a rough note. Just a month after he joined, the Enforcement Directorate raided Baiju's offices. And then, just a month after that in June, its long-standing auditor, Deloitte, washed its hands off the company. Then, a little more than a week ago, we heard news that Baiju's is expected to file the long-awaited financial results for FY 2022 later that week. But more than 10 days have passed and there is still no sign of the financials. Instead, the EdTech CFO who was in charge of getting those financials out has quit. Thankfully though, in its statement, Baiju's said that Goel will complete work on Baiju's audited financials for 2022 before leaving. Which means that the FY2022 financials will be out sooner than later. So I thought today is a good day to take you back to Baiju's infamous FY2021 financials. Welcome to Daybreak, a business podcast from the Ken. I'm your host Nikda Sharma and I don't usually chase the news cycle. Thrice a week on Monday, Wednesday and Friday, I come to you with one business story that is worth understanding and worth your time. But today is a Thursday and I have a bonus story for you considering how important it is. So let's dive in. It was in 2018 when Baiju's became a unicorn company. A great year for Baiju's, no doubt. But it was actually three years later, 2021, that was the landmark year for the EdTech. It saw a five times scale up in terms of size. This was, of course, after the pandemic hit us and pushed online learning to new heights. Baiju's raised $2.5 billion since the beginning of the pandemic. Its valuation rose from $8 billion to $22 billion. In the short period between 2020 and 2021, Baiju's users almost doubled from over 60 million to over 100 million. So 2021 was the year when Baiju's garnered mind-boggling valuations and made a dizzying number of acquisitions. It spent $2.5 billion to acquire 13 firms like White Hat Jr., 
आकाश कोचिंग टॉपर एपिक एंड ग्रेट लर्निंग बेसिकली फॉरिटेडी also indicated the size of its losses it was 15 times the auditor gave an adverse opinion on byju's financial statements for 2021 and what did that mean stay tuned to find out but before that my colleague aksha has a quick message for you we all know how difficult it is to crack competitive entrance exams in india right Close to 3 million students sat for these exams last year and less than 10% of them managed to get through. But chances are those who did probably prep for these exams in the city of Kota in Rajasthan, the undisputed coaching capital of the country, infamous for its hyper competitive make or break environment. I'm sure you've seen shows like Kota Factory on Netflix. The schedules the aspirants are put through are so grueling that some of them are even pushed to take their own lives. This happens year in and year out, but it's always business as usual in Kota, unfortunately. Not any more though, as my colleague Alifia discovered on her recent visit to the city. In 2023, there have been 26 student suicides in Kota, the highest on record. Naturally, parents are anxious. Admissions have gone down by 20% since June. Under construction hostels are turning into flats and coaching institutes are dreading what comes next. But the student suicides are not the only reason behind Kota's worst crisis to date. If you want to know why the Kota factory is falling apart, you will find no better story than Alifia's to make sense of that. This story has been made available for free for exactly 24 hours on the Kens website just for today the 26th of October. Link is in the show notes. So go ahead, give it a read and share away with your friends before the counter runs out. I am Aksha from the Kens newsroom. Thank you for listening to us. If you like what we do, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And now over to your host Snigda. So as it turned out the Deloitte auditors were not satisfied with what Byju's was presenting to them as a fair picture of their accounts this basically meant that they had sufficient evidence to conclude that Byju's financial statements contained material misstatements and did not represent its financial position fairly the same month in June 2021 the ken was the first one to report that Deloitte had held off from approving Byju's financial statements over its revenue recognition practices one of the most notable changes in Byju's financials for that year was to do with how it was booking its revenue edutech products mainly tablets and memory cards accounted for more than 80% of Byju's revenue during this period and as in the previous year It recorded the entire sale value of these products when the customer bought them. But it took a different approach for the revenue that it got from the streaming of educational content. 
whatever a learner was charged for the content, it would now be booked through the period that they availed for it. For example, if the learner paid, say, 10,000 rupees for Baiju's content over two years, it would be divided equally between these two years instead of being captured entirely in the first year's financials. Apart from this, Deloitte also pointed out problems related to how financial guarantees were being given on behalf of customers. It highlighted improper estimation of sales returns and expected credit loss, and also the absence of an accounting manual. Plus, there was White Hat Jr., the four-year-old coding for kids startup that Baiju's had acquired in 2020 for $300 million. The acquisition gradually became quite a burden for Baiju's. From the time that it was acquired, White Hat Jr. had pulled in over 300 crore rupees in revenue. But its losses were five times that. It contributed to around a third of Baiju's consolidated losses in the year that ended in March 2021. One reason is likely its high customer acquisition costs. The Ken had reported earlier that White Hat Jr. was spending as much as $2,000 to acquire a customer in the US, which is its second largest market. The auditors had even pointed out that the company had a lack of personnel with adequate experience and required competence in financial reporting and internal control. Apart from the standard audit fees, Baiju's had to pay 3.5 crore rupees to Deloitte. And this was on account of, and I'm quoting, the additional effort incurred in the audit consequent to material weaknesses observed in internal controls. End quote. Well, that's that. I've told you all about Baiju's boshed up financials for FY 2021. So you're up to date when the next one is out, which is going to be soon. But before I sign off, I have something to say to you, dear listener. First of all, thank you for tuning in. Yesterday, I told you how it has been more than 10 months since we launched Daybreak and I still feel like I don't know you. If you listen to Daybreak regularly, please write to me at snigdha at theken.com. It's S-N-I-G-D-H-A at the rate the-ken-ken.com. I want to know who you are, what you do, and I don't mean that in a creepy way at all. Everything you share will be, of course, confidential. The point is, I want to know what you like about Daybreak and most importantly, how you think we can be better now that we are coming close to Daybreak's first birthday. Thank you for tuning in and also thank you to those who wrote to me yesterday. It was so lovely to hear from you. I hope I get to hear from more of you very soon. Daybreak is produced from the newsroom of The Ken, India's first subscriber-focused business news platform. What you're listening to is just a small sample of our subscriber-only offerings. A full subscription unlocks daily long-form feature stories, newsletters, subscriber-only apps, and podcast extras. Head to theken.com and click on the red subscribe button on the top of the website. I am Snigdha Sharma, your host, and today's episode was edited by my colleague Rajiv Sien.